Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. It is June 2023, and we are having the most perfect weather in all the land. You would not even believe it. I really think it might be the most perfect weather in all the land. Those of you guys that live here in uh, Western Oregon can attest to that. Susan, what a great picture. Uh, Flora, you sent me. Jody, good morning. Corey, good morning. Julie, who else is here? Michael Sparling, ready to be on the show. Yay. Oh my gosh. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Tell me why this is. Okay. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. What's the cap? Right. It's Wyoming. Wyoming. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, a state thing or. I think it is. I think, I think, I think it it's is. on the plate. Mm -hmm. New hat. Yeah. Cool logo. Peggy, good morning. Peggy, thank you so much for the birthday card. She sent me the sweetest birthday card. Very cool. All right, Michael, start talking. Start talking. Good cold start. Um, it, you know, watching Buck's horses develop over the course of a year or two years. Well, two things. One, I played music in my AirPods. And that was kind of a game changer, because, yeah. Duh. I'm not sure exactly how much it's going to anchor to the song, because I only caught one ride. But if I had watched the whole weekend of rides, listening to you know, my soundtrack, uh, that would have been... I think anchored things pretty well. And what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, and then you're having got to multiple clinics throughout the year spaced out evenly where you get to see, say, the transitions, Snaffle to Hackamore, or first rides of the year, things like that. Um, you know, being in Santa Cruz, being in South Dakota, being in Sheridan, kind of back to back was was really neat um not, not that in that span of time i saw uh you know remarkable changes in beef or boozy i mean it, everything's pretty subtle at this point and um nuanced and you know the shifts are smaller but just to see back to back to back how he's how Buck's working that horse on any given day in any given situation um, that was pretty pretty cool and then having watched Billy Bob on the Buck channel um, that, that was just pretty pretty, pretty clutch to have been, to have had seen that and then watch Buck pick him up again and kind of start right from the beginning, all the things he did, but it was just there, you know, everything he'd worked on in the winter just came through right away. And then it was so kind I, of, what's that? I asked him about it. Yeah. What did he say? will tell you and you're going to be pissed anyway so let's not talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so one thing he commented on which it was pretty stark um when he brought the saddle pad out in the saddle it was like you instantly saw this is something new because everything he did you know roping him 
him flipping the rope over, yielding the hindquarters off the rope on the outside hip, hooking on, you know, rope around his middle, leading by a front foot, um, stopping by a hind leg, all of that, all the rope work, all the flag, the hindquarters, forequarters was so easy for him. It just so much of it carried over. He didn't really have any trouble with anything outside of there was a little struggle. Um, didn't carry over as well, leading by the front foot. He kind of resisted that for a little bit. But for the most part, everything looked really smooth and easy for him, right? Um, then he brought out the saddle pad and the saddle and kind of took off from there and moved on to the new things. And it was very, very obvious this is something he hasn't seen before. You know, because, you know, Buck just kind of got right to it and clicks along as fast as the horse can can take it in. He's not, you know, slow about it. Um, or he doesn't hide the saddle pad, right? Like he just started bringing it up there and he is like, forget this, the saddle pad flying up there. And that didn't take terribly long for it to come through, but it did take repetition over the course of the three days, four days actually. Um, you know, each, each morning it was like, okay, here comes the saddle pad again. And then he was getting to where he could do it from a greater distance because you're very close. It's not as worrisome, but then chucking it up there from three feet away and swinging it up over the back. Anyway, he hit that and Billy Bob's like, ah, ah, I don't know about this. And, um, you know, kind of everything he introduced that was new took him a little while. Of course it came through, you know, within a couple of days. Um, he hogged around on there a bit, was a little bit looky over his shoulder at the stirrups, um, day one and day two. It would, I don't know what to say. It was just clutch to be there and see it as always. Um, the, uh, the emphasis, again, I've heard it so many times, but just to watch it, you know, and, and Buck talking through it. Um, I'm trying to remember if he talked through everything he was doing when he started beef. I don't think he did. He had the camera rolling to put, you know, the start on Buck Channel. So he was kind of talking through what he was doing. And how, you know, Nicole? All that. I can tell you she's here this morning. What do you have, Nicole? I don't remember a couple of years ago or a year ago, whenever it was that he restarted beef, that whether or not he was narrating as he went along. But anyway, starting Billy Bob is so much emphasis on just make the transition and walk out. Um, Nicole said she, she just joined in. The question, Nicole, was did, I know it, it wasn't filmed when Buck started beef, but did he, was he talking us all through it? I don't know if she was there that year, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry. I, yes, you're, I think you're right. Anyway. Yeah. Any, anyway, regardless, he was talking through what he was doing with Billy Bob and emphasizing, you know, got to move them out, get to the lope, but don't have to maintain it, which we've all heard before. Um, you know, and just a few transitions is all he needed, but it had to be a smooth transition. This is both on the ground with securing the saddle because he was a little humpy with the saddle. So just kind of repeat until he could make a smooth transition, but then it wasn't maintain it, just make the transition. But he emphasized a lot when riding. And there was one gal who came into the round corral kind of, I think maybe on the last day with her colt. And she was like, I can't really get him to move out. And she used the term, he's lazy, which just got Buck all fired up, obviously, because he doesn't like to hear that. But um, Buck was like, it's not a loping problem. Like this horse has to be punctual off your legs. And that's what he's emphasizing so much with Billy Bob, like get them walking out, focus on that, get the small changes to a little bit of energy, let them back off a little bit of energy, let them back off until you can come in with just the energy in your body changing. And you know, they're, they're moving out. 
And so when this gal was um, having difficulty moving her horse up into the lope, and she didn't really have a bend or a one rein stop going real well either, but, um, you know, Buck basically talked her through that, and that really um, – You know, it got the horse freed up because he was pretty stiff and tight. Anyway, what Buck was saying with her is you didn't have him alive at the walk or other places. He said, um, you know, if your horse is not on course, if they're kind of diving one way or the other, say you took them up to the lope and they're kind of bogging in a little bit or, you know, escaping with the shoulder the outside or being drawn or pushed away from something he said you're not seeing it until you go to lope he said i'm seeing it feeling it and doing something about it when it's a matter of inches he said i was seeing it with you and your horse clear back at a walk you just didn't notice it until it got extreme enough at the lope so the other thing he emphasizes with billy bob is getting him lined up before going um you know, having him straight and then going somewhere rather than, you know, going hind quarter yield and having him all curled up. He hasn't quite straightened out and then sending him forward. And now we're kind of wallowing in that circle. So, um, I don't know. That's some of the things that really stood out with Billy Bob. Um, there, there was one ride where Buck was just, he was kind of, really enjoying it because Billy Bell was really offering to move out and like Buck just said yeah let's go and went with it but you could tell he was just tickled he was like this this is like he was just because he was out in the arena not in the round corral anymore and he just kind of hit this let's move and had a lot of forward without really even Buck initiating it and Buck was like yeah you just see it on his face so that was cool to watch. Um, I don't know anything else on that. I think that was the main things with Billy Bob. I don't know. Did Buck say anything else or did you just literally say Michael's going to tell you about it? He just it? tortured me about it. So you guys both suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not torturing you. I'm, I'm, I'm telling yeah, you. That's true. You're not. You're sharing. No, it's just those things are priceless. You're 100% correct. Additionally, because I will get to see him over the years, mm. you know, mm. it, like missing the start is such a bummer. Well, oh, well. I, I guess it, we'll see it on the bus. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What are you saying? Nicole got it for the Buck channel, right, Nicole? Like, I believe that Mary, you got... Mary was filming the whole okay. start. Um, well, Nicole, I think, was filming day one, and then she had to run. So Mary was filming the last three days. Um, Nicole got some sweet reels of... Uh, did he ride Shooter on day one? I don't remember. And no, he I know I know I didn't ride Shooter day three or two, three or four. I really like Shooter. I think he is like another freaking cool horse. Like right behind Beef. Agree. In my mind. Yeah. And he's outside. I don't know if Buck's not riding him more. He really ought to be. Yeah, and Buck's so. like he's not beef and and it's like how many beefs do you need yeah like how about ride yeah. one that's more regular <laughs> more regular well and you know how uh how many beefs are going to come along like if that's your standard and you don't want to ride anything but that like he's pretty spectacular you know but. you won't relate <laughs> yeah he really oh that's right yeah Susan said, yeah, he rode Shooter, and so that was in the afternoon, and he worked Flora's Colt uh, horseback with Shooter, which is kind of cool, because, you know, as little as he's had Shooter out, just a bit here and there, from what I understand and have seen. 
Um, we should have Flora on. Yeah. We should have had Flora chime in. So Flora had a um, pretty touchy, more or less unhandled, it seemed like, cult. She had two, and her second cult was pretty reactive and squirrely and didn't know the end of the rope. And um, when Buck flagged everyone, he was pretty pushy. I don't think he was really pushing on Flora too much. It was mostly just escaping to get away. He didn't know the end of the lead rope. So Buck worked him from shooter. And uh, what I found interesting on that, and I think I told you this that night, is as much as he was really pretty extreme in his response to the flag and really straining to get away. And, you know, Flora was doing a good job of cornering him, but he was moving so quick, it was hard to stay in position. I mean, he was just flailing. Um, you know, Flora would have really had to have been hustling toward the hindquarters to keep the right angle because he was just checking out. Um, and checking out sideways, not like darting forward to where she had the angle to corner him. Anyway, so Buck goes to work him horseback and it was one of those where it was, there's definitely some action. I mean, he was resisting and rearing a little bit, and particularly when Buck was trying to get on his right side. Um, you know, he, he stood up a little at times, but it was pretty incredible how little Buck did by contrast to what would maybe have been required from the ground to get him following a feel, you know, and it was just the rope around his neck, he whipped in him in the halter. And, you know, it was all kind of in close and then using the rope and then eventually the flag because he kept trying to get over the rope to get Buck back on his left side and it just kind of a patient persistence there and you know it was to the point where it was released just when he looked off to his left to let you know to consider giving Buck and Shooter the right side of his body um, but it it wasn't there wasn't a lot of you know having to corner him hard or um, it was almost just like working him horseback. He, he found the end of the rope because, you know, like we've said before, when you're dallied on, the end of the rope is pretty defined, well-defined. Um, you're not going to move that saddle horse very easily. Um, and, and the element of sliding rope is, is hard to recreate on the ground with your hands. You know, you're not going to do it like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's there's a, a, a feel to that um, that sometimes I crave, you know, because yeah. you're like, oh, you just wish you could show it to them that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sliding rope or not, running rope or not, it's just the end of the rope is so defined, you know, and then on the saddle horse, even if he scrambled, it's pretty easy for Buck to just kind of swing the front end and stay in position on shooter. Um, so you always kind of had that angle, even if he was scrambling. Um, you know, and there wasn't, you know, like you'd maybe have to do from the ground, from, you know, on foot, as much bumping to, I don't know. It, it just was one of those where this would have been a ton of work from the ground to make headway because he was just so explosive to fade out to the 
to the side and very reactive to the flag. You, you would have had a, such a hard time staying in position. So choking up short with the, you know, with the lariat dallied on and then just staying in close with your saddle horse. Um, I don't know why I, it, it just felt like so little that was done in order to help him find the end of the rope. And then, you know, then there he was at the end of the rope and not pulling on it. I suppose it goes, it illustrates how the more on time and perfect, you know, the angles are, the timing is, yeah. <laughs> the quicker and smoother. That's cool. So was he in the round pen or? That and, yeah, he was. That and the clear definition of the rectangle. Like there was no room to leave the rectangle. I mean, you were, he was pulling on it, pushing on it, but he was never getting through the outside of the rectangle. And that's really what I saw in South Dakota that kind of was a game changer for me. I don't know exactly how it clicked because I've seen it for years, but um, is, you know, obviously from the ground too, Buck is pretty clearly defining that rectangle and they're saying this side of the end of the rope because, you know, he's breaking them over and, and they're getting control of the front end and all that. But somehow seeing it there, it clicked for me or the, the technique, if you will, the feel to get it really set in. Um, so that, you know, it's just that much clearer when working from a saddle horse. Like this is the definition of the rectangle and you can push on it. You can be outside the rectangle because you're straining against it or you've come up against it and you're not rolling over behind, but it's not going to move, right? Um, 100%. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. Um, fun to watch, you know, work that. Um, I think that the coolest part for me was the persistence and, you know, kind of breaking it down to just, just offer me that, that side when he was trying to get it over to his right side, Colt's right side. And, uh, Hind quarters to the right, four quarters to the left, out and around to the right, correct? Well, I'll just let me get over on the right side rather than kind of trying to go up over the top and keep you on the left. So, um, yeah, because it wasn't roll the hind quarters, bring the front end through as much. Although that's the most natural way to present it to the horse. Yeah. That, that I mean that you one would think that's where Tom saw it is exactly under those circumstances. Yes, but his his angle for doing it, he was actually that's not how he was going about it. Um, was the horse yielding the hindquarters as the horse comes straight? Like if I'm on the saddle, it in the saddle and the horse is bracing, bracing, like I'd be looking at the horse, right? As I'm trying to switch him over to the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what you were seeing? Yes, but like, I'm not sure I'm picturing what you're, or I'm on the same page with what you were saying. When it's roll the hindquarters and bring the front end through, that would be horse facing one direction, buck facing the other direction, rolling the hindquarters and then kind of reaching over and ushering the front end through. He couldn't really even get his hand to that other side or the rope easily to that other side. And so it, it didn't even come out of the hindquarter yoke because he'd move, maybe if he moved the hindquarters, okay, he moved them, but then he was so straining to go the other way, he couldn't really get there to bring the front end through. 
So it pretty much amounted to shooter, buck, and the colt facing more or less the same direction, but like at that angle. And he was reaching up here and saying, come through, but not, not doing this, rolling the hindquarters, and then breaking the front end through. So it's kind of this angle saying, give me this little bit of flexion so I can get around that side. But in, in order for that to happen, right, the colt still has to yield the hindquarters to the right to some degree so that the forequarters can come, or yeah, so that the forequarters can move to the left so that the... Once it flows together, yes. But this was just hip your nose. Yeah. I'm just saying that's the most natural way for it to start to shape up without making it happen because you're on a saddle horse. Like you're taking up 10 feet or shooter's case, you know, 12 feet. It's just such a cool way to have that begin. And then as you, as the, yeah, as you repeat, then it really starts to shape up. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's so cool. And it's, and it's such a good um, illustration of just small things starting to change. Yeah. And, really, and, yeah. Right. And I think in that case, the focus isn't like I'm trying to make a movement happen. Mm -hmm. The focus is the colt needs to get comfortable changing eyes from this direction. And then because everything is, I don't want to say easier necessarily, because that's really doing a disservice to the person on the saddle horse. But, but I think it makes more sense to the horse. Yeah. To the colt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's so good to see, I guess, yeah. is, is the thing. I'm super jealous. Although, I did get to wear, watch Gary this last weekend, so really not. Yeah. That's why I called you yesterday. I'm like, I haven't asked you about how you're Oh, oh yeah, I have stuff to tell you, too. Yeah. But awesome. Just watching, I'm just saying that if anyone gets an opportunity to watch a skilled hand work horses horseback, it's a nifty way to zoom out on the prior, you know, on why we're doing this and what we're trying to get shape up versus like kind of jumping in in the middle a little bit. Cause you can't afford to accept such a tiny little bit in some cases if you're on foot. And be so, so passive. That's the other thing. You can't quite be so passive. Yeah, I, I agree with the passive thing. And that's, that's what I'm saying, finding the rectangle from a saddle horse. Like, you can go against that, but it ain't moving. You've got to find your way off of it. Um, I, I guess it was just, it was cool to see, you know, at first it was, okay, I'm going to move into your right eye and come down your right side. Very matter of fact. And, you know, Buck was kind of trying to block that eye and saying, I'm going there. And the colt was just, you know, kind of rearing back and flipping his head over and Buck was working to get over there. And then at one point he was no longer using his coils. He got all everything in his left hand coils and dollies and reins and everything and then grabbed his flag and, and you know because then he can get further down that side you know and a little tap on the nose would you know everything adjusting to where he could be in a better position with that flag without the colt straining and getting over it but then once he went there it wasn't he didn't insist on i'm gonna get around this side it was just give me that eye, just tip the nose, just come off the rope, just yield to the flag. And then of course, obviously within short order, we were around that side, but um, 
though the I think the initial intent was I'm just going to come down this side. The more the horse said, no, you aren't, no, you aren't, Buck backed it up and said, okay, just give me your eye, just give me your eye until that became on the menu, like the horse was uh, more open to that, saw that that was going to work out. And then Buck was able to scoot around without it being this kind of forced thing. So that was pretty cool. And what else? Well, tell us about your horses too. Yeah, so I had um, that rangy looking one I mentioned last week. Um, and he was mostly rangy because he was big. I mean, he looked like a saddle bronc horse. Big, solid, big head, long mane, you know, kind of heavy boned. Um, <laughs> he was the kind of horse that you look at him and you go, this is either, either going to be super easy and he's just going to like do to do the long, which is kind of what it was, or this guy could probably buck really hard because he did look like an NFR bronc. You know, just the way they're built, just solid. And, you know, um, there was a chance that he could have bucked pretty severe, but he didn't. It was, you know, he was easy as pie, really um, halfway boring. Although the um, kind of realizing pretty quickly, that's what I had. Although it was interesting. Buck was riding shooter the beginning of that first day. Um, and I, I came into the round corral, you know, shortly before Buck started his ride. And he's loping around the round corral in the arena or in the large outdoor round corral. And uh, every time he came by, my horse was like, forget this. And would just like try to check out. And I had to make sure I was at the right angle. Thankfully, he actually had a decent amount of bend right off the bat. Um, but yeah, he was like, this I can't handle. There's a horse running at me. Um, he was the delinquent when it came to moving all the colts around. He did not go with the herd. He was always crashing around somewhere else looking to the outside. So he was a little bit lost and didn't know how to be a horse. Um, but anyway. Once so he was not in, in fact from the range. No, he was not in fact from the range he was a spotted draft um percher on cross i mean big heavy moving sort of horse not you know super light on his feet but not just doop do 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 but do um he had some willingness to move it wasn't like trying to get you know molasses moving but still heavier I mean, he wasn't a caddy horse at all. But anyway, so he was the kind of problem child or one of the problem childs and Buck was flagging colts and um, really worried about other horses coming into his space. But my goal with him, knowing I wasn't going to have a really snappy sort of horse, that's just not the way he was going to be, um, was to get just a willing forward get him alive to my leg, but without trying to ask for a lot of speed and sustained effort and, you know, like, let's really move out. It's just, when I ask a little, you give me a little. And I felt like we really had that. He was pretty raised up on his right side. And day one, you know, there just wasn't much bend at all on that side, particularly you know, when you were in close, because he kind of crowded with that shoulder when he didn't have any bend. And, and it was pretty nice to get that worked out in fairly short order. Again, kind of drawing on what stood out to me in South Dakota. Um, and just a lot of bump, bump, bump with rhythm saying, you got to come off there. And, you know, it was head in the air and lots of bracing, but um, that boot camp going now and julie i was telling her yesterday you're gonna have to bump to get some flexion there like say so you gotta find a way off of that but then don't keep bumping or don't you have to 
watch for them about to change or the opportunity for them to move. Because if you're bumping until they give you that flexion, it's not going to come through. You have to bump until the mind considers something else and then allow them to drop their head and then come around. And, um, so, I mean, a lot of times I was releasing when his head was still clear up here, but you could, you know, you, you see he's at the spot where if I pause the bumping, he's going to come around. Um, so that was, that was nice to get through that. I felt like pretty efficiently. Um, and then it was just there, you know, um, we had pretty even bend left and right. Um, but I feel like I would have had a harder time figuring what to do or getting through that, you know, last year if I was in the same situation. So that was cool. Um, felt pretty good about that. Other than that, yeah, yeah pretty easy, you know, um, a little worried about, well, definitely worried about about all the other horses, you know, anyone came into his space, he was wanting to look at them. It wasn't as much a blind spot issue as much a personal space concern, which made it a little difficult when I was in the round crawl for the first ride. There was quite a few people ended up in there. Um, we were kind of going in shifts of a few people, but I think there was like nine people in the round crawl or something when we were moving in. So there was just always someone kind of right there and we get a little stuck and while you know working as a group can really help and have a horse you know your horse can hook on and draw along with the others and horses coming behind can sometimes propel your horse forward and um, you know if you do a hindquarter yield right as a horse is coming by you it can help sweep the hindquarters all that sort of moving as a group helps sometimes supports the horse when your horse is like throws on the brakes because someone did a hindquarter yield right in front of you and then it's like well i can't reasonably still be kicking the crap out of you while you're going like this you gotta kind of redirect find open country and then say now let's go again so it's a little tr tricky that way particularly when you have a horse that's constantly like ah there's someone in front of me oh who's that behind me um but we, you know, right? And Buck flagged his maybe hind quarters, four quarters a little bit. I don't remember. Moved out, tipped up to the lope just a time or two. Really boundy. Um, Susan got a really good picture of him kind of doing his leaping canner, and I'm just like there. Yeah. Um, hey, Flora. Uh, Flora, you want to jump on in a bit here to tell your thing? Tell, tell us about your colds. Um, so. so, Susan, can you send that to me, please, so that I could use it for a reminder post? That'd be cool. Yeah, that's a fun one. I haven't looked. She, she texted me a bunch of pictures. I haven't looked through all of them yet, but there were some good ones, I think. I, uh, I I helped two other folks with horses. One, I think it was the first ride. There was a couple folks from, they brought their horses from Ohio. One of them, he wasn't especially touchy, but he was, he needed kind of understanding, I guess what I'd say more than anything. Um, he was a little bit shell-shocked, kind of. Um, you know, and she was doing her best, but she wasn't comfortable to ride the horse. So the guy who owned the horse was going to ride it because he felt he wanted to get this cold started. And it was close to, close to ending up in a pile. So, and there wasn't any hindquarters. The colt was just tight and whirling around and he wasn't real experienced at the one rein stop or getting a bent and, so Buck had him step up off, uh, had me come in the round corral, and everybody's still doing their thing. I'm in the middle of the round corral, 
just again going bump 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 you got to give me a little bend and uh, you know got him coming through not wonderfully but enough to have some bend and get the hindquarters going and have him let down a little bit from the kind of anxiety of having been kind of unsupported in the first attempt at a ride so then I got on him on the guy's saddle no rope, no night latch, and my stirrups are way too long. And I'm like, all right, here we go. I got a Cheyenne roll. That's what <laughs> that's what I got to hang on to if things go south. But um, Buck, Buck flagged me to help him just free up and go forward. And I did have the hindquarters when I went to bend there. Um, so that was a pretty short, short ride because I didn't have a ton of time after doing the groundwork and after the other guy had ridden or you know been on for a bit but just got him freed up and that was about it um you know moved out walk trap lope some bending and the next day she kind of wanted help again and so i put the second ride on but what was really interesting about him is that first day everything was shoulder into me very stiff didn't know how to bend up tight you know whatever that's where i picked him up um got a little bit going there got the ride done the next day when i picked him up went to help her with him he had flexion he had something of a you know, not a united circle. He had an arc around me. He wasn't bowing into me. He wasn't stiff. He felt the rope. It went to the hindquarters to some degree, but he didn't know to go forward. He was just stuck. And after the hindquarter yield? Well, just anywhere, right? Like you offered for him to go around and he just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to move, but it was like move a couple steps and get stuck or walk forward really in this tentative way. And the contrast between what I did on day on Friday versus what I did on Saturday, maybe it was Thursday, Friday, was quite stark. I mean, there was not really any bumping to get bend. It wasn't trying to get the hindquarters. It was there reasonably well. Like he was connected to me. He just didn't know to go forward. And to get him forward was just a, a patient, you know, like, go ahead and then petting him and you know just lots of assuring him he's okay and then he'll keep going oh you're gonna be okay and keep going till he understood okay forward is an answer here and i'm not sure where he got the impression because i didn't feel that as much the first time i worked him although he didn't really have anything going so i was mostly just trying to get a bend um and I, like I said, Buck didn't give me a ton of time to work him before he's like, bail on, let's get this colt moving. I just needed to get the hindquarters. But th that second day, it was like, okay, I had the hindquarters, but where, you know, where's our forward? And he was just really sticky. And I went to ride him and, I, well, so I got him freed up on the ground and understanding and you know, kind of relaxed into it. And so, okay, now I know where to be. Um, I could be kind of busy with the flag and still just petting them all over being like you're fine you're you're okay and it was almost like you just need a reassurance more than any new direction or he certainly didn't need more pressure just some, some encouragement to be like no keep going keep going and then you know, lots of petting so anyway it was just the the difference was in what i had to present to him what he needed one day to the next was remarkable it was not even close to the same thing which i found unique um so then i went and rode him again there's quite a few people in the round corral on that second ride and he was uh, you know. so we moved out not as freely because there was lots of space the first ride um but we made our transitions and we were bending and there's just a lot of distraction. And then we were out of the round corral and there's still quite a few people to bounce around between, but there's gaps to shoot through. So I'd get him lined up, he'd be a little worried, and then we'd kind of 
shoot through a yeah bless you so um yeah that was that cold and then she rolled him the last day or the last two days i don't remember um and she was just excited it was she was pretty you know he felt totally different and he was more relaxed and she was just having fun with him where initially she was she knew there was stuff missing she knew she did not have him with her and she was just worried to get on because she didn't know she knew she couldn't support him she didn't have what he you know she needed to help him um actually what helped come through that second round i was saying i was shooting gaps but now that i remember i rode him for quite a while after class when there was more room people had moved out and so i kind of got him flowing a bit there and got him freed up backing up because he was a little stuck initially on that so anyway enough on him then i helped um, um the guy who was in h2 his horse was pretty shocky and worried about people around the outside would kind of freeze and then then scoot didn't really have a lot of bend anytime he got worried everything kind of go rigid and the head would go up he was in the h2 class yeah friend of bucks from sheridan one of those that has been doing this for a while but hasn't quite made all the connections probably doesn't work as much as some others but and i think the horse and is he, a young horse yeah and, and not in horse. that environment often as a thing exactly um but i guess he's had trouble with the horse just riding out and i'm not sure where all he's ridden and what his Know, what his routines are with his horse but he's struggled with his horse before and as i was helping him you know the thing that stood out to him is i ha you have to get this horse flowing while you're moving the flag because he had kind of what amounted to sack the horse out so the horse could handle quite a bit standing still but there was no like the feet were still that's all we had right which also meant the feet were stuck, right? And there was no relax relaxation when the horse is standing still. And that's kind of where he was. That's what he tried to accomplish. He'd accomplished it well, but that meant the horse was stuck and didn't really have a bend um, on either side initially that came through, but on the right side, um, just turning loose that last little bit was tough because he was really He wasn't able to go forward on that side as well because he was still kind of reacting away from the flag. Again, he could stand and I could do quite a bit with the flag on that side, but there was no letting down to it. It was all just tense. So the left side came through relatively quickly. He was able to go forward, but that right side was a lot more shocky to the flag. And anytime I asked, and to move and then brought the flag in or had the flag going and said you know, move off it was just this kind of scramble and the head would go sideways so um but even there it was a lot like the mare i helped the gal with just kind of a, a patience like you know just find forward find forward lots of petting and just you know move the flag but then get it all over him and just assure him there was that he was okay more so than, and that's what I was telling Dave, like, <laughs> we'll get to where you can be really crazy with this flag, but he needs to know more so that the flag isn't going to hurt him. You know, like, pet him with it as much. Like, the idea is not get over this flag or get used to it or you got to be able to put up with this. The deal was, you're okay. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't have to be worried about me. Oh, and then may I please, uh -huh, may I please interject? That is exactly the same thing as someone saying that a horse needs to learn to be inconvenienced. Yeah. Like, wow, you are so far away from the point. But 
on the other hand, you're like so close. It makes it seem like you're right on because that's the difference, right? That's exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that was kind of fun. And then I helped him because that was Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. I also worked the horse for just a bit before class. The first two days I was in the, um, the round corral up top and it was really wet. There's a lot of rain. Um, so we were just walking around in soup. But then Sunday I worked him in the arena while everyone else was warming up for age two. And that was interesting. Um, Because again, he's kind of looking at all the other horses, not as bad as the other two horses that I had worked, but he was not only trying to take into account what I was doing, he was also still kind of worried about other horses. So it took a little longer for it to come through um, than it did, say, the second time I worked with him, where you kind of slotted into it. I had to help him focus on me a little bit more on that last day before he was able to focus and slot into it. But um, yeah, he came through all right. And David, I think, had more fun riding him after that first ride where it was a little dicey. So that's it. And how was my horse, your last ride on my oh, horse? I was, it was good. Um, yeah, I, I figured I needed a time capsule, so I videoed a little bit of it, and, uh... You did? Yeah. Uh... I don't know, Ms. Stephanie videoed it, so I haven't watched it, but... Well, if it she wants my help, then she'll send the... it on over. What's that? If she wants my help in the future, she'll send it on over. <laughs> well, uh... It wasn't it wasn't our best ride, but it wasn't horrible considering I well I hadn't ridden her since you were here, so what's that? February to June, that's a lot of months. And her toes are pretty long and the arena footing is deeper. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean we kind of jumped right in and um yeah, it was it was kind of typical where she is, it didn't feel um, that much different than kind of where we had been, even with the time off. So it was cool. It's good. Were you sad? Yes. Part of the reason I needed to send her on her way is something about the way she moves hurts my neck. And it was like that ride. I was pissed i'm like oh my god she's halfway to me if you hurt yourself for five months i'm gonna be mad I, it doesn't hurt, hurt for five months but it just something about the way she moves really gets the spot where i bolted a disc you know six seven years ago and it just tightens that spot so i felt that after you know 45 minute ride i'm like yeah it still hurts <laughs> you know yeah. so i was like the as much as it was like, oh, I just really like this horse and she's so friendly and she really likes me and it just isn't worth continuing to aggravate that spot riding her. But yeah, so handing, her, handing her to Flora and loading her up and saying goodbye, that was like, this is not, not easy. Um, yeah. You'll see her so. again though, so that's helpful. I, I know that's always helpful to me. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun right. to watch where you take it. So. What a fun project that we both get to do the yeah. same horse. That's so cool. I mean, you started Divina, but yeah. it's not exactly the as as continuation as much. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, what what are you the are you any particular curious about any one thing or with Katniss? Mm -hmm. or, or like what is there one thing on your mind 
Well, I mean, just what we talked about when you were here, defining the front of the rectangle because she tends to travel so, I mean, given her druthers, she travels very flat with her nose out. And that causes her to travel pretty, I mean, that's when it really pounds on my neck is when she's kind of stretched out like that. Even if she is kind of level, she's downhill and the way she moves is, it, it doesn't have an up feel. And so you define the front of the rectangle, get her sitting back a little bit more and that is kind of was coming together. And when we're finding that, it doesn't, you know, bother my neck as much, but trying to give her a loose rein and kind of helping her find that rhythm without saying, get yourself put together um, was more difficult. Yeah. Both and with her, both for her to handle because she kind of tends to just start pedaling along um, and get a little scrambly, but then also difficult for, it just was jarring to my neck for whatever yeah, reason. And hers is a strength issue too. So that's the thing. It wasn't just like one technique. It's it's just not for, for you to make it. That was what I was thinking, you know, when we had this discussion in February, it's like, she is going to have to get stronger in moving a new way. And that just takes time. Mm -hmm. So someone's going to have to, you know, help her with that. But it was really interesting. So Gary rode um, this Sabbath bread named Lexi. Some of you guys, insiders, saw her on the um, United Arc uh, skill builder that Debbie has. Um, and she's very uphill, the saddle bread. Like, you know, completely different body style. But, oh man, the shock absorption is what make, made me think of it. Because when she was like she would canter and she was a little that's where she would get scrambly because she really hasn't been um ridden hardly at all uh since he started her last year and so when she would hit the ground at canter and not bend her legs which she is perfectly capable of doing you know um oh man it was so first of all it was loud and second of all it's like the lack of shock absorption is mm -hmm. is so dramatic and then in her case when her mind would soften all her limbs would bend and like suddenly it's quiet mm -hmm. you know and debbie had said she'd, she'd ridden her the other day and same same thing it's like you it sort of feels one way and then the horse just suddenly changes her mind um and not even at this point not even a, in a i'm so scared now i'm gonna and uh, oh thank god but in in an experimental type of way which is different than katniss in the sense that katniss you've had her on the hunt for like what should i do what should i do um, for a long time so she's so eager that's part of the reason why i couldn't resist is because the horse is so entered up uh -huh. but it's just a gymnastic like literal strength program yeah um that and she her, you know our anatomy is just a little bit different yeah so and even to watch her move across the pasture i mean she looks like a, a hunter i mean her, her front feet just move very flat there's no elevation to it her legs just you know toes just barely clear the ground and slide forward from one spot to the next um you know, unless she's kind of <laughs> rounding her back and doing a little hop, but then when she starts moving, it's still very, um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see you gymnasticize that. It'd be cool. It kind of reminds me of Jax, but without the emotional baggage and without the physical, um, well, she's significantly more physically um, capable. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, perfect for sure. And no injuries, you know, and no fucked up habits either you know to overcome but it'll be a similar little tiny bit similar so i'm looking forward to to that as well oh side note on rook and scout so rook 
is from uh, oh, Twickenham, uh, this Twickenham ranch herd that's the same as Scout, uh, the one that Lisa, or that Gary helped Lisa with this last week as well. Um, and I have noticed this. I do have a video that um, I will share with you guys in the Facebook group where it is so interesting because this is a quarter horse, you guys, like a ranch style looking quarter horse thing. And she lands not with a regular diagonal pair in canter. She lands with both inside feet at the same time. Like, and I had to video it for myself because I've noticed it for a long time. And uh, Rook is worse than Scout and Scout's fixed itself. But it's so funny to, to see the footfalls. What a strange thing. Does anybody else have a horse that tends to do that? Because it's like a walking horse, you know, suddenly pairing up each lateral like you're like what is that and I'm wondering where it came from I'm so curious you know is is that a gated thing in there somewhere is it like why why would that be happening huh. very odd to see like on left leg canter the left hind foot land with the left front foot and stop it in the, you know in a still frame and the right front foot is like off the ground you're like <laughs> What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's really very strange. <laughs> so anyway, we'll we'll be talking more about that as well. But just given talking about horses moving naturally, either <laughs> easily or not, yeah. right? So, what was your very favorite part of the? Just watching Billy Bob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and. You know, and being there, right? Like I get to watch it when it comes up on the Buck Channel, and it'll be good to review, I guess. But you know, at some point, that's you know, I I won't probably make it to that many more clinics this year, if any, um, until twenty twenty four. So the getting to watch it again or watch, you know, Buck Channel rides of beef or um, any of them, right, will be great. But having been there and seen it, the, the live experience where you can see the muscles, right, you can see the, the littlest shifts, the rolling, it is just... I wish I could do more, right? And I wish, actually what I wish is I wish I could see, could have seen more 12 years ago when I was able to go to 12 clinics a year, right? Like I was just struggling to get the, you know, the curriculum and understand biomechanics and figure out so many other things. Like it was just putting the pieces together. But if I could have seen at that point, all the biomechanic pieces and the, the nuance to yeah same so buck uh the the inside hind leg slides around the outside hind leg huh yeah exactly <laughs> the questions the, the questions we're gonna ask as we're figuring it out you know <laughs> like but holy crap how patient to I know. For, I know. for us years ago and he still gets those questions day, week after week after week from you know even a couple of folks in the cold start that didn't have as much experience they just you know brought their cold from wherever they'd been to a clinic once before and they were a little bit lost because they didn't have as much experience with it and they were asking questions like just fundamental basic questions and buck would just patiently and clearly say you know explain to them you know that's this or that or it is it, for sure i tell them all the time this is one of your superpowers that that you can answer the same question 40 times a year for 30 years as if it's the first time you've ever heard it yeah i can't i don't know how he does that i really don't like legit 
Yeah. And it's such a gift. <laughs> and then on top of that, like questions that I would even ask now that I probably asked before or, you know, saying, you know, fuck this, like just came clear to me. And I was like, <laughs> one of those was like, I've been telling you that all along sort of thing, or, you know, there's not this, well, finally you're getting it feeling, or it's about time. It's just like, he's just happy for you, you know, like right on, you know, even though it's the sort of thing that, you know, been nice if I'd picked up years back, you know. But. What a fun, what a fun ride we've been on. Yeah. Um, I've got to run. Got folks waiting for me. John Theorino. Right on. Okay. Well, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the rundown. And one of these, I guess you have boot camp, but if you have time, let's try to arrange a time so I can tell you a little bit about the weekend before I forget all the details too. So. Sounds great. Okay. Okay, you guys. So we'll see you next Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 8.30 Central. Have all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.